When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Aaron Bell, Dan Scott, and Justin Ekus. Occasionally motion flickered in the dark street, someone appearing and vanishing after a few steps, or even floating across the ground as if flying. Many people's dreams could not touch Teleron Riyadh. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded and we have answered the call. Today we are covering The Lord of Chaos, part three, chapters seven through nine. Yeah, as you know, you and I were talking about the pace at which we want to go through um, this book. And I think we decided we're going to do more parts, sort of less chapters, because in books past, I felt like, you know, sometimes it's like, man, we in, a, in some ways you have to skip you end up skipping over a bunch if you're doing like five to seven hour blocks of chapters right um but at least then like the stakes weren't necessarily as high you know in some of those like earlier books the earlier chapters is just a lot of traveling and like things like that but now it's like man there's just there's too much going on so um we're probably gonna be doing more chapter or more episodes smaller blocks of of chapters so it just kind of depends too because just the way the these books go sometimes it's you know we were looking ahead in this book it's like well there's the, here's a block where the chapters are all like 20 to 17 minutes and then it's preceded by like three chapters that are an hour and a half each it's like okay well like what do you where do you know where how do we do, where do you go i i know i know and it's one of the things you know going back to the the beginning of the podcast we we're sort of like okay yeah when we looked at the first book well look at this we can knock out like five chapters yeah. and do this or do whatever and also like you know, you guys, as you guys know this, you know, Matt, it's it's the it's the Matinez network, baby. So we've got all sorts of other uh, you know, kind, of, kind of projects and stuff that are that are going on. And like that can also kind of affect our, our ability to like just with reading schedule and stuff. So we got like Kenobi and we got all sorts of stuff happening, too. And I mean, that's that same thing happened for like we didn't do as much hyperspace when we had Heroes of the Horn uh, roar in there through season one, you know. So it's like it's cool to be kind of uh have the summer starting here and get be able to get back into it and really yeah like look ahead at the chapter so at the end of this um we've already kind of mapped out the next couple chapters and then matt went ahead and looked and said okay about three hour blocks and let's kind of let's kind of in terms of listening uh to the audiobook that's kind of the way he and i he and i do it um 
like I said, if we did chapters, man, some of them, it's like, yeah, you could get like five, six chapters because they're 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then sometimes you get to some that it's like they're an hour and a half. Right. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? Uh, so it's just all over the place. But I, I feel good about this batch that we've got here today. Some exciting chapters and stuff like that. You actually had a really cool. Um, I want to mention this for anybody who is a, a you know, you guys listen to podcast and, and we're podcast consumers as well. Um, I wonder how many people listen to us at a faster pace. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. In their app or whatever. I did not know this was necessarily, I don't do it, but um, I know a lot of people when they're at work and consuming podcasts will listen to stuff a little faster. And Matt just mentioned he listens to the, uh, the audiobook just a, uh, just a crank higher because the, the narrators, um, you know, they have long pauses or, or, you know, spots where things get kind of uh, slow, if, if you will. So it's nice to kind of, to kind of get through that. So. Yeah, I did. I just I just started listening to it um, at a I set it about one point two five and I found it to be much. I don't know. It's not that not that the regular read is bad, but it's just like these narrators specifically, if you're listening to the audiobook, um, they tend to really kind of draw out words, especially yeah. especially Michael Kramer, the yeah, yeah. Their, their husband and wife. Right. Right. Um, it's like, you know, he really like tends to kind of like exaggerate. Oh, yeah. And, you know, anyway, all these like characters that are saying things. So, right. And it's um, already a long I, freaking read. <laughs> and there's like really long dramatic pauses. And stuff. So I started listening at like one and a quarter uh, speed. And I'm like, wow, this is actually I'm uh, liking it more. I actually didn't think I would. I don't think I could go much faster. Some people listen at like two or like one point five. I'm like, I, just, I can't do it. No, 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 no. Wait, no, I, I think just a slight uptick. I think um, Lottie does like 1.5 and I've heard I've heard that. I'm like, oh, OK, it's it's fast, but it's like doable. I think I'm I'm with you and like somewhere between one and 1.5 would be kind of solid. I don't do it enough, actually. And actually, it's it's so weird that you mentioned it beforehand because I was just thinking to myself, yeah. like, OK, it's summertime. How can Ed start cranking out more reading? <laughs> so I was like, there's so many things I want to get caught up in terms of like Star Wars books, Wheel of Time. I want to read ahead for Elder One. We got so many things I want to I want to get. Well, really, House of the Dragon. I want to go back and read Fire and Blood. Yeah. And that's dry for me. So sometimes just like it is for you, right. I think. And so it's like nice to turn the speed up. Thank on you. Yeah. You know, of all of the things we do listen to. And so I think it could just be these narrators like I'm assuming eventually maybe Roseman Pike is going to end up narrating the whole series, re-narrating the mm -hmm. whole series. Um, I haven't listened to the version of Eye of the World that she has done. Right. Um, and not that I dislike these i actually really like the audiobooks for this um it is just one of those things where you really need to dedicate some time because i think they i feel like some of these that are an hour could actually be like 40 minutes like if they just read a little bit faster but it's whatever we're nitpicking here and of course right. there people are saying matt you could just read the books and maybe you could read as fast <laughs> as you want but if i actually That's... read the books i would i just don't i i just i can't do like i don't know reading reading is not something that I, I i do well with i i do way better with audio yeah i do know that though you know that is something and i i in the summertime i always do try to pick up and this is good we're 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 in a, we're in a you know book club so we're going to talk about books for a second i do pick up a book and i try to do one of those binge reads where it's like back when i read the harry potter books for example once you know like overnight read it you know what i mean i i am right. embarrassed to say this but i i well not embarrassed to say it i'll say it uh, the Twilight books in college, I was working at ECR computers in a call center, had nothing to do. And I was like, OK, so I can't really listen to it. I gotta listen for the phone to ring. And yeah, man, you can sort of read at your own pace there and skip through stuff that's a little bit boring or whatever. But 
you know, the nature of our job sometimes, like that's why people listen to podcasts, YouTube things, radio shows, audiobooks, because like, you got to do stuff. You got to be working on right. something. You can have something in your ears and, and kind of, you know, do it that way. So, but yeah, it's, yeah, we get a, maybe, maybe I'll pick up a book, uh, an actual book and open it. You know, I mean, I have one in front of me right now, Lord of Chaos, but it's like, it's like I listen to it. You have, and you I, have all the books, don't you? I have them all. Yeah. I, I, and I actually do go through and I want to look through like, cause I'll hear it sometimes and be like, hold on a second. Who is that character? And actually I've read it before and I need to see, I need to see it spelled or I'll go to the wiki real quick and I'll kind of look up like who that was and see how it's actually spelled out. Spelled. Cause visually I like some of them um, like, I almost said her name, but there's a character who's coming up in a book or two who is very famous and sticks around for the whole series. And it's like, okay, I only know that guy. I hear the character, but the way I read her name at first was very different from the way they pronounce it. Yeah. So it's one of those weird, weird kind of things. But anyway, um, hey, you know, before we dive into all the chapters and stuff, I wanted to read uh, real quickly if this if this is cool. Just uh, yeah. Pigeon at the top of the show here because we got one and I thought this was was really cool. So this is from uh, Nick Bright who wrote in. This was literally like a couple hours before we started the podcast. And I haven't checked beyond that. It was the most recent thing. I just wanted to pop in there and see what we had. He says, hey, guys, uh, a few weeks ago I was listening. Actually, hold on. Let me read the title of this. The title of this message is uh, or this email is a message from an age long past. A Let's message. Go from an age yet to come. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Um, hi guys, a few weeks ago, I was listening to one of the episodes covering The Great Hunt where you were discussing the then upcoming Amazon Prime show and all the new fans that would be exposed to the books in your podcast as a result. Wait a minute, I thought, that's me. Uh, I watched the show while recovering from COVID in January and as often as I do, I decided to read the source material to gain a greater appreciation and understanding of the world in which it's set. Little did I know I, uh, what I was getting myself into. I started Eye of the World in mid-January and just finished A Memory of Light about a week ago. So to say this series had consumed me would be an understatement. That's insane, Matt. I want you to think about it. That's like doing nothing else <laughs> except for like just, just, I mean, you're just reading constantly. You're like you're working, you're doing something, and then you're just, you're, you're reading the series. So that's uh really big accomplishment um your show has been an incredible compliment to the books and a great way to revisit earlier parts of the series with knowledge of what is to come it's also been fun uh to use it as a a time capsule for the early days of COVID and to so further confusion about the pronunciation of names and places yeah uh thanks for all you do keep up the great work uh perhaps i'll hear a mention of this uh email in an episode from an age yet to come, but the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Like this guy, Nick that's got good. way into it, man. I love it. That's that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. It is sort of funny, you know. We were just talking about um, one of the reasons why we when we did the reread is, or I'm sorry, this this fresh read for Matt, new uh, reread for me is like we cover the news, but sometimes we almost want to bracket it and set it aside because really what is timeless is like a story we tell or just something that's going on in our lives or whatever. And then, you know, uh, the chapter, our, our experience and our, our, you know, uh, discussion on the chapter. And it's, it is kind of funny, I guess, if you can kind of, I I've heard some people just skip through it, right. When they go back and they find our old bend the knee episodes right. or our old, you know, episodes right. like, all right, yeah, we know the show's out. I've already seen the show. Let me skip past all this. Right. So, uh, it's kind of funny. It's an interesting way to, to kind of, you know, uh, have people experience the podcast but yeah cool thank you nick so much appreciate that and uh that's awesome that's awesome again guys there are other ones and i'll i'll try to pull those up later but uh thanks for sending sending those in and and always feel free send us a a, a pigeon at um the horn of Valier at gmail.com yeah so. absolutely 
Okay, well, as let's dive into the chapters uh, today yep. here. So, chapter seven, a matter of thought. So, um, we start off and we're in Elaine's point of view. So, Elaine and Nynaeve are sitting in their room in Saudar, uh, preparing to go to Teleron Riyadh. Elaine is telling Nynaeve that they must get there before the Aes Sedai leaders, whom they are teaching about the world of dreams. They each take one of the Terangriol rings that Elaine has made. Elaine is studying her ring, trying to figure out why the ones that she has made do not work as well as the original. When Nynaeve asks if she's going to sit there all night, they each take a drink of the herbal drink that Nynaeve has prepared to help them sleep and then lie down. They speak shortly of Egwene, who they know was harmed in Kyrian on the day that Moraine and Lanfear died before Nynaeve falls asleep. As Elaine drifts off, she thinks about the Hall of Towers in Sidar, um, and of how, or Salidar, excuse me, and, and of how they have been so slow to make decisions. When Elaine arrives in Teleron Riyadh, Nynaeve, Suan, and Leanne are all waiting for her. Finally, Shiram, uh, Carolyn, Morvin, uh, Myrel, and Anaya, and Bowen, or Bowen, excuse me, appear. Much thinking occurs on Elaine's part, mostly about Teleron Riyadh, the Aes Sedai, the Wise Ones, and Egwene. The, the first place they go in Teleron Riyadh is to Elaine's study in the White Tower. Um, when Leanne disappears to go uh, check if her eyes and ears have received her messages, uh, Marel tells Nynaeve to go with her. Once Nynaeve has left, Elida appears dreaming. As I have foretold, the White Tower will be reunited under me. Under me. She leaves, and Anaya points out the blue strips that have been removed from Elida's stole. Morvin, um, uh, Carolina, and Anaya uh, make their way to the Keeper's work table. Then Shiriam, Beowen, and Morella go to search Eliida's desk. They read many reports, among them reports on the arrest warrant for Moraine, the fighting um, taking place uh, in Shinar, and of the Blight still being quiet. There are strange occurrences in Kyrian and Ilion. Elaine is to be returned to the White Tower as soon as possible, and Elida has sent emissaries to meet with Rand. Beowen tells them that it seems that Elida means to support Rand and that she is offering him an escort to the tower. Their conversation is cut short when they hear a scream and shouts um, from the other room. They all rush in to find out what has happened and step into a nightmare. They find themselves in stone cavern that's filled with Trollocs. Um, Carolina is bound and hanging by her ankles from a chain and is being lowered headfirst into a bubbling kettle of boiling oil. Uh, Anaya and Morvin are standing <clears throat> excuse me, at the border of the nightmare and they are transported into it. Morvin finds herself being stretched tightly on a great iron wheel and Anaya is being dangled by her wrist while Trollocs flog her with metal-tipped whips. Shiriam announces to the other Aes Sedai that they must link, but Elaine tells them that they must not accept this nightmare as being real. However, the Aes Sedai do not listen, link, and try to attack with fire. The weave vanishes at the edge of the nightmare, and then the three Aes Sedai are drawn in. Shiriam's head is sticking up from a dark metal bell shape, uh, and the Trollocs are jerking levers on the outside. Elaine asks Suwan if she remembers what she and Nynaeve had told them before the dispelling nightmares, and Suwan nods, replying that they must deny that they are they are they are reality. 
Elaine and Swan try to picture the hallway as it has been, but nothing changes. And they realize that they need help. They don't know where Leanne and Nynaeve are, so their only hope is the Aes Sedai. They both step into the nightmare. Elaine finds herself lying on her belly on rough gray stone with her wrists and ankle tied to the small of her back. Swan starts screaming to Shiryam, telling her to believe that it is a dream, and Elaine takes up the refrain. Finally, suddenly, they are back in the hallway. Swan is a mass of bruises. Carolina's hair has been burned down to um, a hand from her scalp. Shiryam and Anaya seem to be weeping heaps of bloody rags. Morella is naked and covered in welts. Morvan is moving unnaturally, and Beowin's dress has been clawed to shreds. All of the Aes Sedai want to go back to Saladar, but Suwan says that she will stay. Elaine wishes to stay with Suwan, but the Aes Sedai tell her not to be foolish and return with them. When the Aes Sedai disappear, Elaine knows that she has a few moments before anyone will check on her, so she transports herself to the Grand Hall in Camelin Palace, where she find, what she finds dismays her terribly. The Lion Throne is sitting on some kind of pedestal, while a throne made of golden dragons sits on the dais. She wonders what Rand thinks he is doing. She finally steps out of Teleron Riyadh. So yeah, this actually was a big chapter. Um, yeah. and there's a lot to take, there's a lot to take away from this. First of all, man, going to sleep inside Teleron Riyadh is a really bad idea, I guess. Can you dream inside the dream world? Yeah, man, like like this is a nightmare that they kind of um, stumbled into that they, they they get, you know, trapped in. And it's something they've been warned about. You know, they've been warned by the wise ones about entering Teleron Riyadh and what the consequences can can be and that you're not ready for it. And actually, what's right. what's interesting is that like Elaine is more prepared for it than any of her kind of elders or her seniors or mentors or whatever, you know. So it's it's through her. Um, kind of coaching them that they're able to get out of this thing. And actually uh, what's, what's wild is we, we don't know it yet. Um, I guess I can talk about it now just a little bit, but like there's, there's consequences for this. There are actual physical consequences. They talk about the cost of entering Teleron Riyadh and, and what it, what it can, what it can be. So like, let me, you care if I go, I'm going to go on a tangent here for just a second about this. Yeah. Right? Well, just one, then one thing I want to say real quick before you go on your tangent yeah. is, because it will, it'll tie into to whatever you're going to say. Yeah. Um, I have noticed again. This is my first read of the series. Every book, what ha- what takes place in the dream world gets bigger and bigger and more consequence, more you know, consequential and more consequential. Yep. I mean, it does seem like every time we go into it, it is they keep saying, "Oh, don't like things are bad. You don't want to do bad stuff in there." And it's like, okay, well, it seems to be getting worse and worse and more dangerous as we progress. Yeah, 100%. And, and just to kind of go over again um, some of the consequences and what can happen and, and just some of the nature of, of Teleron Riyadh. Uh, the, the last known dreamer in, well, I'm sorry, the, our current dreamer in the White Tower is Egwene. So they call her a natural dreamer. She can dreamwalk. Uh, you have the wise ones. They often are going in there frequently, and they seem to be well versed in it. They're they're dreaming, dreamwalking, and all that good stuff. Communicating with other clan chiefs and stuff. Uh, many of the Forsaken understand it very well. This was actually something that during the Age of Legends was well known and more well, more well known and and more well studied. They had Tyrion Grial that could help him get there. Actually, you know, Elaine is is has made that's something interesting, right? She has made Tyrion Grial that she's passing around to other individuals. That's a talent that has sort of come back 
and they're able to all get there because they have like these rings, this access, right? To get in. So that's pretty cool. Um, I just want to go over again here, like anyone entering the uh, world of dreams while sleeping or they can enter it. So like while you're there, you could encounter someone else sort of coming and going, drifting in very briefly in their sleep. Uh, they only brush up against it in their sleep and often do not know what they are doing. These people usually do not stay for more than a few seconds. Uh, many people awake with pains and bruises, but they can't really explain why. Uh, now, that's interesting, right? When you think about Robert Jordan writing this and have ever woke up with sort of like, oh, that's a weird, you know, kink in my back right. or neck or whatever. And what is that from? Is it from the dream? Was I tossing and turning too much? And or was it actually something that you went into this other world and you do have a bruise or you woke up with a bruise on your leg and you don't understand where that came from and it, you know, whatever. So that's kind of an interesting, I think, uh, tie in there. But yeah, dreamwalkers can enter the world at will while sleeping. Um, as well as those who can hold a certain Terangriol. Some dream Terangriol do not even require channeling to activate them. So like a lot of them, that's an interesting thing, right? A Terangriol doesn't need to be uh, channeled. The one power doesn't have, to, doesn't have to be channeled into it. Now, there are some that you you do need to kind of channel to to gain access or whatever. But um, yeah, there's just d different there's different ones. And as Matt's finding out too, we're making more of these bad boys. Like the more of these, art these special artifacts and items are, are kind of, uh, cropping up actually i've always thought in wheel of time you know there's so many artifacts and little things that are like have power or could be used in a certain way and give you an advantage and it makes things more complicated more whatever so that that's pretty cool but um uh let's see yeah another way to access the world of dreams is to create a yeah <laughs> yeah we saw this see i always make sure that i that we've seen this before um is to sort of create a gateway into the waking world it actually happened when rand um, went in and uh, was chasing Ravine. So, like, remember they right. entered it in the flesh, sort of. Yeah. So, just wanted to kind of bring that up. Also, also um, we know Perrin has special powers there as well, and, and Wolf Brothers and so on have a lot of access to it. But uh, Anaya, who is in here right now sustaining these injuries, actually says later, and we'll we'll get some of this um, at some point, but, like, yeah, that she will confide in people that, yeah, her 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 bottom hurt a little bit longer than she wanted to admit, right? Because it was a real physical injury that she, it, she went too far and you can get right. hurt in this world. So that'll be interesting in the show to see, right? That'll be interesting for them. I mean, these women are like, this is a terrible dream sequence. They believe they are dying. And to, I think a fan who hasn't read the series and doesn't understand the dream world to see this on screen, you'd be freaking out like, oh my God, they're killing these eyes to die. These Trollocs are in this world, like, like, shredding them like i mean they're they're putting them in pots of boiling whatever like this is nuts so just a crazy oh, nightmare yeah. that they go through yeah this uh you know when you do a search for of teleron Riyadh on google there's not a lot of it yet we right. you know it wasn't confirmed in the show whether they were in teleron Riyadh technically or not when moraine right. and suan meet up there now, right. technically, if they now if they did, they didn't. You know, they said that could be like something else. But if they did, then they would have slept in Teleron Riyadh. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, they well, first they slept together. <laughs> well, there wasn't absolutely going on, and then they right. actually slept there. You know, right, right. Yeah. So I don't. You know, it's a reflection of the waking world, but it's not necessary. So they're asleep, and they still enter that. Their bodies are in are in different rooms. What was interesting about the show is it looked like she walked her physical form 
right. walked into either either they did that because they didn't yet know how to do it or what they were going to make Teleron Riyadh or it's something that is a little spoiler for a later on in the series. That's a special thing that that they can create. And that's what people were kind of speculating. And I think, Matt, you've already heard the term, which is like a people because this came up in the show. And unfortunately, this is just a, a, a nature of it. Like if you're watching season one and they drop something that happens in book six or seven. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, like that's right. Know, that, that happened. So that was like a dream, a dream shard. And that's unconfirmed. That's like not I don't think that's confirmed anywhere. What people were speculating. Is it Teleron Riyadh? Is it a dream shard? Is it some uh, did they enter in the flesh? You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. Uh, which is dangerous. So is it their own thing? I, I don't really know yet exactly what, because yeah, it looks, all, it looks all kind of ethereal and, and misty right. and everything. Right. You know? So. Yeah. We're yeah. Not, not, yeah. We're not, not entirely sure what it was ultimately that they <laughs> read that last sentence above this. Debate. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is the part where if you're watching the episode with the beloved lesbian, you listen to them scream and awake, you know, it's uh, it's awesome unfortunately you know there's unfortunately wheel of time just did did not have a lot of like the screen rant and all you know a lot of those like junk websites that just cover a bunch of there's not as there weren't as many articles um about it so i so yeah it'll probably turn up in season two more people are like well i think it will i think i think it'll i think it'll pick up because a lot of people don't even watch shows that don't have like multiple mm-hmm. seasons because you know it's like oh i don't you know i don't want to yeah let's like any those, right yeah. every every time a new marvel show drops i wait i'm just like i'll wait until all six episodes are out then i'll just stream the whole thing right yep um so okay so the second part um of this episode hold on by the way yeah morvin you know sure. so we have you know, Ordeath, Mordeath. Yeah. Now we got more Vin. I mean, I'm just saying. I know, I know. Can they be trusted? Can they be trusted? Yeah, yeah. I know this is starting to sound a little too similar, right? Like, what's what's right. going on? We're um, getting into Lord of the Rings territory here. Aowen, oh. Aragorn, Arwen. You know, it's like. Dude, let me tell you right now, because again, we're in so many different fandoms and I read a lot of different stuff. And so do you. It is Lord of the Rings territory where you're like, I've even messed up sometimes. And in, in, oh, a lot of times in Lord of the Rings where I'm like, the names are too similar. They're so similar right. that I'm like, what the heck? Or they're so difficult to say and everyone has different pronunciations, which is funny because Nick brought that up in his in his uh, message to us. It's like, yeah, to go back and figure out right, how do you say this? I jacked up Teleron Ria at the beginning of the show. because. I was like, I don't know. How do you say it again? Um, well, I I do know on the on the Reddit, um, some of the Wheel of Time Reddits, they they blast the the authors of the audiobook because they do go back and forth on Mogadine oh, yeah. and Mogadian, and that's like a total different pronunciation. Well, they and also we de- we definitely have people who message us and they're like, you guys need to learn how to fucking say those words. Hey, 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 you know the thing too. I so Brigida and and Brigette, they right. say they say that both both they ways too. Both. That's why I actually like to kind of feather it in both ways from time to time. And we've said it before that the that the show the show has changed has totally changed the way they say some of the, the these things. Right, right. What it's was awesome. what was the what was the one they said that we were like I've never heard it once pronounced like that way. Was mm. it Kamlin? It was like Kaimlin or something. It was some. Oh, Gildot, yeah. Gildon. Yeah, was like yeah, yeah. Gailden, Gailden, or something. Yeah, the way it was they said different. The show. Gale Don, and we're like, what the hell is Gale? Yeah, Don? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but <laughs> yeah. it's like, 
Gildon is how what's his name says it says it, Michael yeah, Kramer yeah. in the audiobook. He's like Gildon, you know. Yeah, you like, really get. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> really get. Yeah. Then they called it Gildon in the show. We're like, what the heck is that? Like, right. I think he had to do that because he himself is the reader. Because you're right, he does that all the time. He has to really like, ooh, I gotta like, mm, like squeeze an extra mm, like yeah. emphasis on this uh, syllable you, to make it. You can't. You know, you can tell which characters he's re- like. He's really into Rand. Like you can tell he's like oh, really God. into like into he's... reading, in into reading Rand. Right. He's channeling. He's channeling some. Yeah. Some, some and we'll and real quick, just before we move on to the second part of this chapter, and we are talking mm-hmm. about the audiobooks. I one of the interesting things about the audiobooks above this, and I, I I should go listen to the the Rosamund Pike version of Eye of the World. Yeah. Is because you have male and female. Sometimes you go back, and sometimes you'll have like a conversation. Where it's like typically she reads female points of views. Well, she does, and he reads male point of views. Right. But you have two different people, so you still have situations where like Elaine is talking to Rand or whatever, and so like there is like something noticeable of like when she's covering like Rand. Yeah, it's true because yeah. it's not necessarily like like it's not like Game of Thrones where you like sometimes you need to treat the narrator as unreliable. Mm-hmm. Um, like this book doesn't these books this book series i shouldn't never really feels like the point of views like anybody's an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. um yeah and so you know so like it's not like right like when Rand speaks it's not like i should assume you know it, it feels like even we're watching it from somebody like a third person yeah right? it does yeah instead yeah. of in theory like a first person like you are reading through their eyes mm-hmm. um is still the way the book is sort of written so i don't ever it is just interesting to see the way that they portray these characters because they each portray the same characters right because because mid mid chapter you can have um Egwene's point of view right where that's being uh read uh by, by kate and then you have to then all of a sudden there's a long break and a pause and Rand takes right over so we get his thoughts on that same conversation now you also as the author and this is what robert jordan does sometimes is you don't give us that person's right. thoughts and you can kind of hold that or whatever but yeah you most of the time yeah when, when you hear it it's like oh that's really what Rand thinks that's really what those characters are kind of experiencing and, and you take it for um for what it is now it is always interesting i love too that when you when it's um like when it's naive talking about Elaine, they're, they're always kind of this extra. It feels so real because there's this extra banter about like personal digs. You know, they're making like right. a personal dig about how how much Tom, you know, or Elaine. Was right. sitting on there's Tom one there's yeah. there's one. I think it's I think it's actually in chapter eight, which we can get to here shortly. But it's where Elaine is talking about Rand. Right. Uh, yeah. she's and she's thinking about Rand. She's like, "Well, I wonder what you know what he, what he's doing." And she's thinking about like, "Well, does does Rand need anything?" And Egwene says, "Like he needs what he's always needed, like a slap yeah. on the head." You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. like <laughs> I know, I know. Anytime he gets up to no good, it's like the same thing that boys always need. You know, it's like oh, right, all the time, all the time. It's it's nonstop. Yeah. Um. So okay, a couple more things. You know, just uh, let me think here. What was oh the big thing was right that they wanted the arrest warrant um what was out there right for for moraine um they want a gwayne back they want elaine back um and so they're in a light of stuff you know seeing her let that's a kind of a cool thing is that there is there is some um i don't know which one like, what do you, how, what, what would you call this what's the word for it but like as they're look as they're looking through the box of of, of uh, letters and stuff it will disappear on them uh, some items are stronger and, and hold in the world than if they've been there longer or if they're temporary and they're changing like um, 
yeah, it is sort of a, still a reflection, but it could be changed just to pick. So you got to be careful with what you read, I guess is what I'm saying. You can learn right. some stuff, but then some stuff vanishes so quickly. Well, that might have just been a thought that they that might be a crumpled up paper that's not even really there anymore, you know, but it was cool that they got to look in the box and sort of see what was going on. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so the last part of this chapter is pretty short. Uh, Demondred um, steps out from behind the column in the Grand Hall of the Caneland Palace, had been watching Elaine. He can tell that she does not like what Rand uh, had done in Caneland. Let the right. Lord of Chaos rule, he says, and then he leaves. You know, right. like, yeah, yeah. Doing my best, Mike. My doing my best, Michael Kramer. There, that was good. Actually, that was good. Yeah, because it's this. Um, it's a moment where it is always. We we're, we're always told uh, that there are individuals watching them in Teleron Riyadh, and that the Forsaken rule this world. You, they should be very careful there. Um, yes, and to see one step out and like who could have struck. Elaine or something you know even though he doesn't but like what could he have done there could could he because Nynaeve gets into it with with Mo Gideon um at right. one point and that's a big deal we have uh silver bows freaking you know that that's a whole other thing the heroes of the horn and right and uh Brigitte Silverbow is is now again with our with our with our crew because of all the events that took place in Teleron Riyadh so that was kind of a scary moment but also it's an interesting moment that Elaine is upset about what Rand is doing and this is this constant like uh, I don't even know. It's something about the whole series that kind of gets me. It gets a little much sometimes because like, okay, like we get like, because because Rand is doing this for her, right? But she's like, how right. dare he? And also, I don't need him to do I this. I know. Well. And it's just so extreme it on does. both sides that you're just sort of like, I, a little bit is funny and it's 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 comic, you know, but at some point I'm like, jeezy cow, okay. And then, then they get there and then it's just this swooning over each other. And oh my God, I'm so in love with him. And it doesn't matter yeah. what you do. And but also he's gonna listen to me, you know. It's just crazy. Yeah, I think it's I think I will say this. I um we are also reading this straight through as opposed to people who read it like when it came out. Cause I was sort of thinking about right. that. I was like, man, sometimes this does does feel like a lot, but at the same time, like, well, we're also, I guess, binge in a way, sort of binging this. True. Yeah. Rather than reading it over, you know, the 20 years or whatever that it took it to actually ever, you know, come out. So I, I, I have I have calmed down a little bit with my because people have messaged me and said, Matt, why do you just keep hating Nynaeve? And so I'm in an effort to, for <laughs> a fairness right, right, right. towards Nynaeve. Right? I know you're going to love her. I Nynaeve. know. Nynaeve. Nynaeve. Right? Oh. Some people don't even like that. We call it Nynaeve. It's not. It's you know but that's how they say it in the show so deal with it, it is. so yeah it's, it's deal with it nine yeah. n-e-a-v-e right 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 um so nonetheless uh I, in an effort to be more more fair towards that character so right um okay well let's switch to chapter eight here as uh which is the storm gathers so nynaeve awakens as she and Elaine ready themselves for the day, Elaine tells her about what happened in Teleron Riyadh after Nynaeve and Leanne leave. Nynaeve begins to grumble about how the Aes Sedai think they know everything. And then mentions that Elaine mentions to Elaine that she thinks she saw Rand in Teleron Riyadh. And Elaine, um, you know, says she, you know, she moans the fact that she isn't with him. After they finish dressing and Elaine leaves, Nynaeve wanders off to find Mogi. Who it is? Which Mogadine? Mog, to me, <laughs> it's Mogadine. I don't. I Mogadine. actually don't know how they. I don't know how they get Mogadine. 
right? I know, right? There's only one D, so Mogadine. <laughs> um, she finds the forsaken washing clothes with some other woman. The woman in charge tells Nynaeve that Morel had told her that um, Maragan could help her with the washing. So Nynaeve takes off. As she walks, she sees Morel. Uh, but luckily for Nynaeve, the Aes Sedai does not notice her. Eventually, she finds Logan, who is surrounded by people. He is telling them the story of how the Red Aja set him up as the false, as a false dragon. Um, uh, Leyline and her warder, uh, Burren Shirian, Shirian, Ed Shireen, uh, yeah. are keeping watch over him. When he finishes his tale... Uh, Leyline assures him that Loghain no longer wants glory and that their lands are in no danger from him. Um, when she notices Nynaeve, Nynaeve hastily curtsies and then hurries off. Next, Nynaeve comes up, comes upon Suwan, who is facing off Garth Bryn. They are fighting over the fact that he tried to pay her a compliment and how she nearly snapped his head for it. After Garth Bryn leaves, Nynaeve informs Suwan that she meant to study her stilling since Nynaeve had only two chances so far to study her uh leanne shows up i try uh i tried to talk them out of it only they had not listened to you enough to consider it you won't be meeting the wise ones tonight she and suan walk off uh lalane is that yeah. is it lalane? Yeah, lalane. right lalane okay sorry i was pronouncing it wrong um, who was standing between them remarked that Suan and Leanne should be sent off to uh, Tiana, the mistress of novices for always seeming to fight with each other. Uh, Leyline then asked Nynaeve what she thinks Rand will do. Nynaeve tells Leyline that she has not seen Rand in half a year and she knows nothing of what he is doing. She goes on to mention Egwene, Matt, and Perrin and then tries to talk Nynaeve out of trying to heal Suan. Uh, and Leanne, but she refuses. When Nynaeve leaves, she passes Uno. This is a funny scene, right? Uh, who is training heavy cavalry for the Salidar army. He smiles at her, and she moves on. She eventually runs into Elaine's novice class as she watches uh, Theoden approach, approach her. Uh, they speak of Nynaeve's block, and he informs Nynaeve that they will work on breaking her block the next day. That was like the most interesting thing uh from this chapter and yeah. eve goes back to her room to lie down when Mo when mogadine bursts in the room angry that her hands are wrinkly from doing laundry and eve tells mogadine that she wants to go over the lesson of uh, learning to deflect a man channeling again uh, after quite a while of practicing elaine enters the room with news that an emissary from the white tower has arrived so yeah this yeah. chapter definitely had, definitely had a little bit of well-placed comedy in it with you know um you know, sort of with the Elaine and Rand and Nynaeve conversation, like, oh, he needs what he's always needed, you know, a good slap right. on the forehead. Like, that yeah. was in there. And then, like, the, you know, the summary just sort of says they walked by Uno, but I'm pretty sure the text, it said something about him being a little more crass and, like, cursing with, oh, yeah. you know, like, he's, like, teaching the class, which was pretty funny. Um, and then, you know, like, even the stuff with Mogadine, it's like, here you've got, you know, Mogadine doing laundry. I mean, <laughs> I it's like ridiculous. I know, I know. It's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Morgan. Yeah, thinking she's washing clothes and doing stuff, and then wants to, yeah, wants wants to use her. So this whole, I mean, thing is it. The interesting part about about this uh, section of the story is that okay, uh, Nynaeve and Elaine have gone off and done these these great things. They've come back and and they've got precious artifacts. They understand more about the Black Aja. Sit on a special mission. All that good stuff. So they come into Salidar, 
And they now, through having um, Mogadine, they like have all these different um, powers and talents and stuff, right? They're learning stuff and they're passing stuff on and they're teaching stuff to to other people. So that's that's interesting. But yet at the same time, they're doing all these chores and they're they're running around doing all these different things and, and stuff. It's 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 kind of crazy. Uh, though the interesting part about this too is Logan, right? Who's surrounded by people and he's telling his story of how the Red Aja set him up as a false dragon. Now that's a big deal because there are no Reds in 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 Salidar unless of you know, this uh, emissary who's showing up at the end, right? There's somebody showing up from the White Tower, um, and Logan is basically saying that the Red Aja set him up to take yeah. him down right like that this is all an inside job and it makes them sort of look bad they're telling lords and people anybody who will listen so Nynaeve and, and others kind of walk across that and and get that vibe that is going to be something to pay attention because what what is he supposed to do right now right i mean he is right. gentled and so he needs a kind of a purpose to keep going and there's this promise of revenge against the red aja is and and not that I want not that I want to shift conversation way outside of where we're at right now, but do you think that's going to be season two of Wheel of Time? This conversation right here, because if you look at what they're doing with Logan in the show, way sped up. Like right? I think this is we're this is book six, but I feel like I that could be season two of the show. I know, I know, right? They've taken because they they built him up like he's a he's a huge part of season one. Right, so you go all this time where he where he doesn't really have a lot happening or whatever, and once he's in Salidar, uh, I mean, literally Tons everything starts real, yeah. yeah, the whole thing. So it's like they might not do it in Salidar, right? They might not push the whole White Tower divide uh, that far, but you could start with this. Maybe he doesn't do it. Um, uh, who knows who he starts telling this to? Right, he's talking to the Blues. Maybe, maybe actually he's a part of the fracture in the right. white tower right if he starts you know saying he wants some sort of revenge and and whatever although the way they they kind of do it it's like it's no longer in the show right it's no longer just the reds it's actually right. now everybody who was there and right. that's a different that's going to be another thing which i didn't even think about at the time of the show but really what keeps him right. going and not committing suicide or not whatever just giving up the will to live uh is that he wants revenge and he he that's the only thing he can think of right now. There's there's more yeah. for him for sure, but it's like yeah. that'll be we should we should that should be our extended for today. Logan's yeah role in see in season two because I because right. when I was reading this I was like, you know, again because even in the books it's like man I Logan's a guy I really want to learn more about and we you know like that's why the last book one of the things I actually liked about it is to start off it's like we're with Logan like this is awesome like right they and then you don't really see him like he's just kind of there. But now it's like, okay, I feel like we're finally starting to get like some cool low gain stuff. Right, exactly. But yeah, the other thing too, and always pay attention to writers do this is I love when this kind of stuff happens is the proximity of other events related to other events inside the same chapter. You know what I mean? When you put something like right. low gain talking to all Tarans and nobles and the Red Aja next to everything else that's happening in this chapter so i don't want to like give anything away by telling right. you exactly what it is we should be focusing on in relation to logan but there's a lot of things that are happening here that uh, like i'm naive's talking about sensing a storm right um they they talk about there's a there's somebody showing up from the white tower um and there's talk of elida there's talk of night block and naive trying to study stilling she wants to study suan right. and all that kind of stuff so 
it's just uh, something to kind of kind of pay attention to because yeah there's just there's so many so many of these things are tied together and a lot happens here for these characters to develop and it's crazy because at this point of the story i feel like it is I mean, we talked at the beginning of the episode it's almost a good time to maybe like yeah keep our three hour chunks because there are so many more characters and there's so many uh like the story does not like start to narrow in on rand and others not at all my friend literally the whole sally dar camp is a huge deal they have sent their individuals i mean get this right they sent their group to camelin right elaine is reflecting on on that uh the white tower sent their unit their their um emissaries to Kyrian. This whole book is about these two groups going or whatever. And they are led by like this a whole different batch of Aes Sedai that you have to know and follow and understand and look for dark in among. That's what makes it really fascinating, but also overwhelming. I got I got to the point where I went up my first read, I was like, I don't even care who these people are anymore. I just want to know I'm you gotta keep tracking your people in among uh and actually that's what Robert, you know, actually that's a tactic. I've read some other articles like when I was first going through the series. He throws so many characters at you, so that way you're looking every possible different direction, so you miss those dark friends. You miss those people who are going to stab you in the back. And it's actually a brilliant kind of way to almost overwhelm you a little bit, and then you didn't see something coming. But then sometimes you have to then so you have to go back on the reread and say, God, you can see that a mile away, but also uh, it, it's, it's tough. It's also one of those things that's still like there's so much going on. It's, it's a lot to keep track of. So yeah, this, this chapter is called The Storm Gathers. And Nynaeve, another thing she's doing is she's sensing the change um, that a storm is coming, but it looks clear. Like, what yeah. is it? What's the, what's the thing that she's, she's sensing? Is it really a storm? Is it really a dark energy? What is it that she and Egwene back in Two Rivers are always feeling? They feel like they can listen to the wind and they can, they can kind of hear, you know, that's right. That every chapter, every book opens up with the wind blowing and coming right. in from a certain region and stuff. And, and Robert Jordan kind of keeps that whole thing going. So this is a cool chapter for this was one of the three. I think this was the shorter one, I think, or maybe this was still an hour. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it's it's really confined to uh, them wanting to study the stilling, Logan telling his story, and then all the again, just all the the busy busyness, I guess, of um, Sally Dar. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, great. Yeah, great chapter. And yeah, again, for me, the big the big takeaway was. Man, Logan and talking about the Red Aja set him up. It's just, it's yeah. gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting to see where that goes uh, forward. Just because he's becoming a big player, and he, you know, right. I mean, obviously, he can't channel anymore, but hey, you never know, right? So, yeah, you never know. And, and one final could, thing, he could he could still lead an army. He could still absolutely. I am a. I love Logan, and I love what they did in the show. I remember when we, when the when the show started. Anytime now that I when I think of when I started the uh, <laughs> I started the the reread with you, you know, we call Rand the Lord Dragon, and we make sure we give him mm-hmm. his title, right? But at the time when when you start the series, it's Logain the Lord Dragon. All right, he is the people call him a false dragon. At the time, I don't know anybody else who's challenging and saying, "Hey, I'm the dragon." So you don't have two contenders right there at the, at the time. Um, you can, once you get later in the series, you might make a case otherwise, but, um, yeah, it's like, it's like, I, I like to call him Lord dragon. I, I think I probably would have got behind him, Like his speech in season one, the way they did oh, that was so, so good. good. So good. Uh, the actor they have playing him too, is almost like exactly how I envisioned. Right. Loki. So, I know. <laughs> yeah. Very so much good. a fan of that. Okay. 
Um, chapter nine here. This sort of shifts points of view a little bit. So chapter nine plans. Um, so uh, this is uh, two different uh, things here. We start with Pedro Nile. Uh, the chapter opens with uh, Omerna relaying information to Pedro Nile. Omerna speaks of illuminators wishing to relocate to Amadicia. Dragonsworn and Altara and Murand and Murandy on um, and how uh, Matten Stepanos is ready to join Pedro Nile. Omenera rambles on about some other things, including Randolph Thor, the Aes Sedai, before Nile dismisses him, asking him to send uh, uh, Baller, uh, his secretary, in on his way out. Balware and Niall speak for some time about other rumors that are being spread about, and it seems that Omerna is wrong about almost everything. Pedro Niall then opens a message that Omerna had handed him before leaving. In the message, one of Niall's agents writes about men riding strange beasts and flying creatures. Aes Sedai unleashes in the Halenine? Halene? Um... Nile and Bollower continue to speak. Loghain and the Red Aja comes up, as well as the split within the tower. Uh, Saladar, Aes Sedai. Last, they speak of Morghese and how every day she stays in Amador. She ties herself more tightly to Pedra Nile. Yeah. So, again, yeah, Morghese. Some people believe she's dead. We know the reader um, that she is alive in, in Amador, which is, is, again, always so interesting because... Uh, they were very in in Gameland. They're very pro Aes Sedai, uh, right? The White Cloaks are very anti Aes Sedai. So the fact that she's there and at at, at Pedro and Niall's mercy is crazy. And it's so it's sort of a big chess game going on between those those two. And yeah, the interesting uh, folks in there, um, Omerna is is interesting, and Bulwer, uh, his secretary, right? This is sort of like. Um, there as well so these are some of the people sort of around pedro and nile starting to to kind of you know grow that a bit or whatever but yeah that's an that's an interesting um batch there let me see what the um uh i, th- I really yeah. think that's just yeah go ahead well it just sort of serves as a good sort of and this is one of the things i've noticed robert jordan does is um every once in a while i feel like inside of a chapter we get somebody else's point of view so it's like we just you it's like so we just had a few chapters in which he's beginning and I've noticed that at the beginning of books and roughly around this point like chapter 9 or 10 he sort of like gives you somebody else's perspective and it's usually something like this where somebody's receiving news so you can kind of see like how the other factions are sort of viewing some of the events that are that are going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, the um, one of the reasons I was, I was hesitating there because I brought up those two characters, Balwer um, and Omerna, and I didn't want to mix them up. I don't know why I had them backwards in my head, but one is the fake spy master, right, and one is the real spy real master. Spy master. Yeah, and I always, always forget. I always, always kind of have to go back and look real quick. Oh yeah, who, which one's which, right? Um, so the secretary. So yeah, Balwer is the one suggesting those rumors, right? All those those bad rumors about Rand being a puppet of the Black Aja and all these different things. Four different things. It's hard to track who that came from. You know, the, the whole nine yards. And then they want um, Elaine and Gawain. They already have Galad. Galad. Had, um, we learned that that he joined up with the uh, White Cloaks. So I mean, Morgays and uh, Pedro and Nile. That, that kind of comes up in conversation here with them which i think is what you're coming to next the next yeah. part yeah yeah so uh then it switches uh points of view right um and it's from morgaze's point of view morgaze is out uh hawking uh basil gill and um 
Petra Connell are with her and as are her ladies in waiting. In truth, women from Ilran's uh, court uh, and many white cloaks to act as her guard. Some of the ladies are speaking of Galad and how he has become a white cloak. Morgaze, who just found out the day before, is still shocked. She shook. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, Talk mm-hmm. turns to Randall Thor and how he displays the lion's throne as a trophy. Finally, Morgaze has had enough and announces that she intends to return to the city. As they ride back toward the Fortress of Light, Morgaze tries to engage um, Norwin, the leader of her escort, in conversation. They speak shortly of the Dragon Reborn and the people who are both joining and fleeing him. Morgaze passes a young man and woman huddled together, covered in dirt and dust, uh, with hunger on their faces. She wonders if Randall Thor has done this to Andor. If he has, he will pay, she promises herself. I guess my question, I guess my question there is what exactly are you gonna do? What 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 exactly <laughs> like what exactly would you do if you were still on the throne of Andor and had oh, an army an army at your back against she would pay the drag against he would the dra- against the dragon reborn and you know oh man Aiel army like what exactly would you do now you're saying he's gonna pay you have no army and he just took over you know whatever little does she know that he he actually is doing it for her like right 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 yeah yeah yeah. it's it's so funny how my mind slips and out. my mind told me that no the dragon would make her pay right (laughs) because like right because i mean like yeah, he is doing this for her. And it's like back to back chapters where Elaine is saying, uh, whatever, uh, he better right. not. You know, what is he doing to my throne? And then more gays and whatever. Again, well, it doesn't, it doesn't a, say, first of all, Elaine doesn't sound like your throne anymore. Yeah. Why don't you guys go do something about it? You know, so yeah. I love that the, the, the best part about the series is when you can kind of like sometimes like right. and again, you're like this, you're, like, you, you just like this, ridiculous. Ridiculous. like some of, right. people, they're, some of these who are just ridiculous. Yeah, sometimes you can see the arguments of the village council and sometimes you can see the arguments of the women's circle. And it's hilarious to see the back and forth and just be like, no, you don't know. No, you don't get it. No, you don't get it. And so, right. That, that is kind of a, a, a funny element there. But, um, you know, I wanted to mention something, too. I, I always tell my students you, you can always learn something. And, and I, I'm going to sound so stupid by saying this right now, but I have heard the term hawking. And I've never really known what it meant. I was like, ah, oh, what are they doing? What, what, what are they? They're out hawking. Hawk. Like, what is that? What does that even mean? Right. And I just with a hawk with a hawk, bro. <laughs> an absolute hawk. I mean, now that's H A W K. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I've just never. O C K I N G is like hawking a Luke. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. out there. It's a whole spitting contest. They're, they're into it. <laughs> you mean, know, that's that's, oh. that's hawk. That's hawking. Oh, sorry. I H- had to look. H H A W K. She is quite literally hawking, you know, with a hawk, with a hawk, which with I don't hawk. know. I'm, I'm, then yeah, I've seen Arter, it. Then there's Ar- you know, Arter Hawk, hawk Wing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As anyone who is out hawking related to old uh, Hawk Wing or somehow, um, yeah, connected to. And anyway, no, sorry. I just wanted to mention that because I, I did like a, when you read it, I was sort of like, what the heck? You know, I went like that. I thought is, I knew what, what it was. But I was like, is it really just what I think it is, which is just like hunting with a hawk, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry. There you go. Guys. That sounds like it'd be that sounds like it'd be fun. Yeah. If you got a sick, I mean, actually, it made me think of and what I thought about. Was, you got to wear you got to wear the glove because their talons. Will oh, they'll hurt. dig right into you. They'll, they'll slice you up. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. That's yeah. That's that's not good. Um, but just real quick, you know, um, 
on on this chapter it is this is one of those plots that i start it starts to get when there's there's not a whole this will pick up a little bit in this book specifically you get more uh white cloak stuff especially paid patron nile and you'll find mm-hmm. out why but like there's some books go by and we've said this before where the white cloaks you're like where are they at like okay we haven't seen them for a long time and now more gaze is there so a big figure and uh, they're more relevant now and they will grow in relevance right now galad is there right. so at first when you start the series you're like who are the white cloaks and why do we care well now some of our characters are hanging out with them and we seem to be coming across them quite a bit and they're actually a bit pesky so they're good chapters to kind of keep an eye and freaking uh, Ordeeth is there, right? I mean, doing right. stuff. So you got to watch out for that guy popping up again. But yeah, all around a, a shorter chapter. Keep an eye on Pedro Nile and and what what's going on with he and more gaze in this this back and forth and the spy masters and all these different rumors that are starting because you'll hear them later, right? You're like like the 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 rumors go out and then we'll pick them up in later chapters. And we're like, all right, we know where that's coming from, um, right? Or we think we do sometimes. Well, you're right, right. So, okay. Well, that is our that is our three chapters for today. So next time we'll be doing we'll be starting with chapter 10, a saying in the Borderlands. And we're back to Ram. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um cool. So I think before we let you guys go, we wanted to do um kind of one more thing, right? We just wanted to run through something kind of fun if that's okay, just to kind of end the show. Oh, this absolutely. Will be, this, will be, this will be quick, but yeah. Um we, we thought we'd talk about 10 Wheel of Time book characters that were missing from season 1. Okay, and it's just a list. And so we're just going to kind of read through these or whatever. Um, as I was reading through, it was just kind of kind of funny because I guess if you've never read the books, these would be intriguing characters that might make you go like, yeah, wow, that's a, that's a kind of a interesting character. Why? There's so many. Actually, okay. there's way more than 10. Right. <laughs> Is so, this a screen rant article or something or uh, Collider? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Collider article. So I got a link in the, in the doc there. So uh, first up, so we got so we're going to go through one through 10 here the green man right big i mean that he's not not there right. we were speculating all the way up until the end uh, we were like is he going to be there guiding the uh, you know guarding the eye of the world guiding them there all that kind of stuff and just nothing nothing about the end of that was anywhere close and you're going to find that a lot of the characters in this list actually have to do with the very end of eye of the world and uh yeah so Kind of interesting. I, it would have been really cool to see him. You look up images of of uh, you know, fan art and stuff. I would have loved to seen what they would have done with someone like this, you know, because he's such right. a unique character. Like seeing the O gear is really cool. We all wanted to see what they were going to do. What's the show? Give us a you know costume department. What are they going to do? How are they going to make an O gear come to life? And I know the Green Man's only there for like this one moment, a but bit. but it adds such. a If you were watching this and you're like, hold on, this creature's like that. Even if you never saw it again. You'd be like, what was that? It's one of those, it's like Quaith for us right. in, in in Game of Thrones. Like, who, who is that character, right? And you start to, it, it provides yeah. intrigue, you know? So The Green Man, you know, also, to be fair to the, to I guess, to the show, the Green Man might have been something they had planned, but with, when you have a main member, your cast leave, who knows yeah. all the rewriting and everything. For sure. That COVID, that, that ended up being. So I right. would say this, I wouldn't count out the possibility of seeing the Green Man in the future. They could change him. Um, yeah, yeah. So number nine here, Elaine. Oh yeah, man. Which we know yeah. we're getting. We know we're getting in season two. Right. Yeah. So that's gonna be that's gonna be cool to to see her there. And this this was a big uh, sidestep. We we went all the way around. We didn't even go to Camelin. Camelin was referenced in the in the first season, but it's a it's it's a big stopover. It's a it's the first big point. It's in Andor, and we 
uh, for our characters, they, they, they at least know of it. So all these other places seem super foreign to them. They've never really left the two rivers. So that's where they meet Elaine and her brothers and her stepbrother, her mom and Elida. I mean, they meet ev- like so many people there that kind of um, will matter throughout, throughout the rest of the series. But I get I get totally why they cut it and why they moved it around. Uh, I was sure. fine. I'm fine with it. And I'm glad she's coming in season two. And I think the casting for Elaine is honest to God, one of the per- most, one of the perfect casting. Oh yeah. Cause a lot of the casting they've done, it's like, that's eh, just not how I envisioned that character. Logan and Rand to me were like the best castings. Like they were mm-hmm. like exactly what I imagine. Now, a lot of the casting has been great. Don't get me wrong. Like Daniel Haney's Lan has actually turned yeah. out to be awesome. Just when I envision Lan, I envision like a bodybuilder, you know, like this huge, like sure. basically I envision yeah. like Arnold, you know, and like Conan, right? Like that's how all the pictures and stuff. So the casting that we got for Elaine is like, quite literally exactly how i pictured her so right right yep yeah so next up we got agonor um i mean again this was again the whole battle at the eye of the world he's he's one of the uh 13 forsaken one of the first ones that we see and we didn't really have that more more rain um kind of has a little back and forth with him and then he's chasing down rand but yeah they just went and did um something totally totally different right just there was instead of three we had one right of yeah. the changes, even though I did hate that episode, I was fine with not having. Actually, to be honest, like, yeah, that's one of the cha- some of the changes they actually made in the episode. I thought I was fine with. Yeah, it was more like execution than it was actually the narrative changes. <laughs> than yeah, than anything. But I was I was fine well, with that. Let me. This, uh, yeah. this goes into the same one. Yeah, actually, so uh, Bathamo is also another one of those Forsaken. So these two show up kind of together, and they're meant to be really scary. You know, that's the whole point is that, like, the Murdral, the Trollocs, and then now the Forsaken, and these are, like, these ugly, scary, like, what? who are these people? Um, and it's it's so different. What was really in contrast to that in the show was that you you got Balsamon, air quote, uh, Balsamon, and he didn't look any. He didn't look. He didn't look too scary, right? He looked real sane, real normal, real uh, pristine. Right. And well, you're like, hold on a second. This is a bad guy, and he, you could tell he was a bad guy too. Like you know, so it, was, it had this weird sort of cutting edge, I guess, that wasn't this this like we're gonna scare you uh, with nightmares. You already had the Trollocs. You already had the Murdral. So I actually, I actually think it was a really uh, very different type of foe to show us at the end, and, and is uh, intriguing. But yeah, Bathamol is is out of there definitely. So okay. Yeah, we just got done this, talking about her. Clean this ties days. into Elaine, and I'm sure I'm sure I haven't seen the rest of the list, but I'm sure there's two more that tie into all all that sort right. of same scene, right? Yep, yep, for sure. Yeah, so more gays not being there, big deal. Um, but it makes sense because they bypassed uh, Camelin, and more gays is a big deal. You know, I think when you first read the series too, you think, okay, she's this queen. Really, it's going to be her daughter and her kids that have a story, and we're not really going to follow Queen Morgays. But where we're at currently in the series, in our Lord of Chaos reread, Queen Morgays still has this awesome arc going, and it's it's this wild, you know, thing. So uh, I kind of wonder if actually the show is going to, if we're going to have a Queen Morgays arc, if we're going to. Or if we're going to have her take a back seat, you know what I mean? It might be one of those things as we go along, Matt, you can kind of determine like, Hey, do we really need that? Is that something that the show might cut or are they going to make it more of a thing? And people are probably raging at me right now for even suggesting it, but you know, no, I'm fine with her actually coming in later because then you get to establish Elaine as a character. And then you get to establish meeting Elaine's mother. Like that's totally a TV thing where it's like, we have to go see, see who, my mother yeah. my like, mother yeah yeah, yeah. Well, then you really, yeah. You know, like 
for the people right. who don't know it, I think it's it'll be a cool it'll be like a cool sort of reveal. I'm right. that one I'm fine with. That one actually works fine for for television to do it that way. Right. Okay, who we got next there? Galad. Galad. Okay. And yes. I'm sure I'm sure the, I'm sure the one after it is Gal, you know, Gawain. Right. So we got Galad, yep, again, uh, Elaine's half-brother. Uh, so th- again, these are this is a good batch of characters, right? That people are these are some of of the fandom's most um, favorite characters, actually. And so season two has so many cool things I think to offer fans. Um, <clears throat> if you're a book reader, you're looking forward to these people. And if you've never read the books and you only want to watch the TV show, you've got a really solid batch of characters coming in that I think you're going to love. And Galad is one of those. He's what, what what do we always call him? Yeah, you always say chaotic um, good, right? He's chaotic good, right? Yeah, yeah he's, he's uh, he definitely will do. And he drives his his sister and brother nuts with that because he wants to follow this code or this um, these morals that uh, really are a bit chaotic, even though they they are it's it's to do everything right and correct. But at the same time, that can sometimes, you, you know, you got to bend the rules a little bit. Right. And uh, yeah, he's not willing to do that. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Morty. OK. Th- OK. They didn't right. Take away. But that doesn't mean um, they still won't. But. Right, yeah. So, okay. Next up, we got Mordith. Um, and again, we went to uh, Shadar Logoth, and we, everyone was sort of thinking we were going to get more of that. We really just heard some whistling from Padon Fane, and that's right. okay because really, what happens with this character is is Mordith kind of attaches to the dagger, the evil there, and then also um, Padon Fane, who 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 comes through that uh, evil city and turns into something more and something different, and is twisted in all sorts of ways. So. More deep yeah, is actually they, still kind of there through. Yeah, they life. they also I think were they did do a good job, however, though of like b- building up the city to be like don't touch anything. Then it's just like the darkness that sort of attacks them. So I this was one I was kind of like it would I was kind of okay with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know they say like there's I mean yeah, I, the problem I, the problem was they didn't expand put on Fane enough in season one. Like absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could have also done that a little bit with Mordith, I guess, or I would have just had it been Padon Fane and just. Yeah. And it might have been confusing to show him and then not really see. I mean, all you had to do is have him seize on to something and you've had this sort of dagger, but also Padon Fane. So it's it's weird. And he's definitely a, an evil apart from the dark one. So that's something that's kind of cool for people to understand. It adds an element to in the, in the when you're reading the series to go, wait a second, Trollocs don't like this place. Murdra don't like it. Right. Uh, it's just something different from what we're taught to fear. So what is this whole thing? And it's something that people will chase through the whole series and you, you have to kind of read and find out and it's, but it's, it's cool, you know? So, all right. <clears throat> next up, uh, Elida, right? So we have Elida next up here. Right. Yeah. He's one of the, who's, who's one, who's one of the red Aja. Um, seems like I'm, I don't know that we're going to get Elida at all at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like basically, you're. I think some people have said um, Leandrin has sort of taken her, which I'm. Yeah. You you can't. You again. It's it's part of the problem of doing a show is you just can't have every character, and I don't know that we need. Right. You know. I guess I don't know. You know, because then Leandrin ends up be going black Aja. So I guess maybe right. you do have Elida to where it's like okay, but I just sort of feel like we've already set up Leandrin to serve as that as that character. Yeah, it's it's weird because in um, by bypassing her, like we see her early on, we see her skills with foretelling and all that kind of stuff, and and we, we find her to be intriguing, but then we don't really hear about her for for a while because she's in Camelin, and it's not until later where she comes into to be a big player with um, 
in which Lord Gabriel comes in and then she bounces over to the White Tower and is back in their affairs. Yeah, right now, um, yeah. Leandrin's. Are, she could. Yeah, she still could. I Elida could still could still show up, and maybe the way you do it is now you need to now it's like okay Leandrin's going to start growing some descent in the tower, and then Elida shows up, and maybe you make her like the leader of the Reds, right? And mm-hmm. then she sort of puts Leandrin in her place, and then you know the the fracture happens, and then it's revealed. Oh, Leandrin's actually Black Aja. So you know that's right. the, the way the way you end up doing that. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Okay. So moving on here, uh, Masima. Masima is next up. Who is one of the Shinaran, uh soldiers that appears with uh, Lord Agomar uh, in Faldara in the book, and he will go on to kind of be with Rand, and he becomes. Um, the prophet and everything so it's just it's this whole uh bit that yeah. i think may come later right like like we say but yeah. it also may may not um be a thing but yeah, i think i think really i think sure he's in Baldera, really right because they weren't necessarily named so it's possible we did or or whatever but i'm i think it's okay not to have him yeah for now um, yeah mm-hmm. now this now elias i think was cast in season two right right so it's interesting it's like I guess I understand now that they parent is just dealing with on his own. Some of these powers, you know, in the book, it, it's very, he almost doesn't know about his powers until Elias says you have powers. Right. You know what I mean? So I guess like now he's struggling with this thing. So if Elias then comes in, I think to the watcher, that might make more sense to them. They're like, okay, he's struggling. He needs somebody to help him out. You know, I can imagine right. one of the, I, I imagine <laughs> I watch a lot of people do commentary on, on shows and stuff. And I can see somebody who's just never read anything. They're looking at this guy going, uh, my guy who I like here, Perrin, is struggling big time. Can we please send him help? He needs counseling. He needs a mentor. And then, boom, you're bringing in Elias. So I think that's cool. I, at first, I was a little upset because he's not really in the series a whole lot. Um, right. But Perrin does need – he's so different that he does need someone to tell him what's up and what's going on. You need that guy to come in and explain stuff and then and then be a, a character that, hey, then he doesn't need to really come back. He can have a really strong, important role. Um, in season two they can also expand upon it if they like it they can do something different this is their own adaptation so right they've done that Agreed. but yeah yeah just a kind of a that's cool it. That's yeah it. just top just uh 10 characters you know again there were other ones that we said matt was matt was alluding to that they, they just chose galad over yeah Gollum, but yeah I mean, but i think yeah but yeah but hopefully we see them both next season i feel like absolutely you have to don't you yeah absolutely I th- I, we're going to get that moment with matt and the whole um sword swordsman versus the quarter staff and that whole fight scene is gonna be it's gonna be great and i think it's good to, to get it um introduced to that family that's a new that's a neat element to have like a royal family element in a show right and it's like oh it's my brother it's my stepbrother and all oh, my mom was also you know married to this person and oh how are we all related and all that kind of stuff so that will be interesting for fans and they can really play that up uh quite a bit so but yeah just kind of cool to think about 10 characters that were uh, missing uh book characters that were missing from season one and and there's you know, more you know. Yeah, there's more. Hey, least comment was some of your favorite. We didn't see too. our riverboat captain, so you know, you gotta, oh uh, my good god, yeah. yeah so All right, got to yeah. get it going. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, hey, as always, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as and I are going to go record an extended edition, so you can check that out over on Patreon.com or on Apple Premium. Uh, and next time we are going to be doing chapters ten through twelve. Yep, absolutely, guys. If you like our podcast, um, it's a, a, it actually helps us a lot if you go over and subscribe to the podcast or write us that review, leave us a comment, or send us a message at thehornofvalier at gmail.com.
as always. So we want to thank you guys for answering the call. We will see you soon. And remember that the grave is no bar to our call. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.